Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Sports. Entertainment. Little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Hey, welcome in to Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you some of our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering the world of news and topics we find interesting. Here we go. Well, Adam, let's start with the obvious. Um, found out this week that the team was going to work out uh, former Niners quarterback Colin Kaepernick. Did not play in the game since 2016. We know about his story. So there's a couple angles I want to go on this. First, uh, I want to ask you why you think this happened. I think there might be a lot of reasons. Do you think this was... Literally, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels saying, hey, we might need some help here at backup quarterback. He's out there. He's available. Was this Mark Davis, um, who obviously loves Colin Kaepernick and has spoken out in support of him, suggesting it to the new uh, administration there? Or maybe a little nefarious. Do you think that they thought this might take away from some of the bad headlines they've gotten recently with the New York Times article, Gruden, and all that? I mean, when you first heard it in the immediacy of the moment, why do you think they brought in Colin Kaepernick? I think the craziest part of this is I've seen this argument going on a lot on Twitter and on the other social media uh, spots, like of why they did this and why this happened this week. And I've, I've kind of sat back and I've been like, why are you guys arguing about this? It could be all of them. Like it's people. No, it's this or no, it's this. It could be all of those. Like, I think it's very positive. First of all, we know that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are going to look for every possible person they could at every position. That's what every team in the NFL does. It's creating competition. It's trying to find, you know, you want the best 53-man roster possible when it's all said and done. And that includes, and that actually, you know, almost 70 with practice squad guys and uh, everything else. So you want the best guys you possibly can that you think are going to help you win when that happens. And I think they're willing to look anywhere and everywhere. And I think it's also possible that Mark Davis, uh, who has been outspoken about a lot of these things, uh, who has been very progressive in a lot of the hiring uh, that he's done over the years and been very open-minded about Colin Kaepernick, I think has probably said, hey, like, not only are we open to this, I think we should maybe take a look at him. It, it hurts literally nothing to give somebody a tryout or a workout if you don't sign them. Like, it, it's nothing. Give them a look. And I think it's very possible that he said, hey, give him a look. If you don't like him, don't sign him. But just give him a look. That's possible. And it's also incredibly possible that they all got together and said, well, we're going to give him a look at some time. You know, at some point this offseason, we're going to give him a look. We're going to give him a workout. Why not right now when, you know, on the heels of, you know, potentially a – or not potentially, but a, a story that came out from the New York Times as well as uh, a, a, a hearing that happened in court the other day involving John Gruden and the Raiders and the NFL. So um, all those things are possible, that they could have decided they're going to give him a workout at some time. This is the best time as any to do it just before they're coming in for some of the OTAs uh, and while the, all these other things are going on. So I think all of those things are possible. I think there's elements of all of them uh, to why the Raiders gave Colin Kaepernick a tryout right now. Football-wise, um, like I said, hadn't played since 2016, had a time in 2017. He created some of his own tryouts. We know Jim Harbaugh let him throw at the Michigan spring game for where there were some NFL scouts in, in attendance. Um, football wise, just based on that, 
given they traded for Jared Stidham from New England, who knows McDaniel's system really, really well. How much sense, just strictly football-wise, does it make without all the other stuff that we just both talked about? Well, I'll say I'll, I'll preface it by saying I'm a you know a giant Colin Kaepernick guy, both on the field and off the field. I think he was a, a very, very, very good football player at one point, and I also um, respect and admire a lot of what he's done off the field as well. And I've wanted him to get a look for a long time, so I'll say that right off the bat. Um, but we'll also say that it's been you know six years since he's actually played and five years since he's, um, you know, really been even to camp at all or, or done anything like that. So um, it's going to be a really, really uphill battle for him. If he ever does get another try, uh, I wish he would have got this try, you know, four or five years ago when, you know, he could have probably taken full advantage of it. Um, I, I don't know what he's going to have left. I mean, we heard strong arm. Yeah. No kidding. Have you seen the guy throw? He's got an incredibly strong arm, uh, well-conditioned for sure. Uh, you know, great athlete moves well. All those things we've heard are true. Um, the only questions to me would be, you know, how does he react to, you know, being on the field again and to a pass rush and uh, to the speed of the game and all those things. Those are the question marks I have because uh, as a skill set, uh, as as purely a quarterback of can you, you know, stand on the field, make a throw to a wide receiver anywhere on the field or to, you know, a running back or a tight end or make any throw on the field, yeah, I think there's no question Colin Kaepernick can do all those things. Um, in terms of just how he would fit into the Raiders, you know, no question. And and obviously nobody really thought this was as a starting quarterback. So, you know, Josh McDaniel saying yesterday, hey, look, Derek knows this is his team. Um, yeah, for sure. He wasn't going to be the starter. Uh, I do think, you know, every, every team is looking for depth, of course, at that position. It's the most important position uh, in all of sports. They just went and traded for. He hasn't been the guy that a lot of people hoped he might be, but he does very much understand the system. And I don't think that if Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler uh, didn't think he could be the backup quarterback, they wouldn't have gone and made this trade. They know what he has. It's not like they traded for him to see what he's got. They know what he's got. They've seen him practice every day for the last couple of years. So I, I think that they probably believe very much in him as a number two quarterback and somebody that can teach the system and everybody else. And I think that's why they went and got him. Uh, Nick Mullins, of course, is, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy uh, in the NFL. He's had a couple of really highlight moments um, as a, as a quarterback in the NFL, but uh, I don't think anybody thinks he's a long-term answer as a starter uh, where I think Jared Stidham is potentially the guy that can develop into that. They believe. Um, and then Garber's obviously a young guy that um, is a project. So, uh, th there's a spot potentially, but I just, I don't think they were the best fit. I think there's other teams out there that are kind of desperate for talent at quarterback that would make a lot more sense than the Raiders do, because I do think the Raiders have a pretty solid quarterback room. Does Derek Carr really know he's the guy when they have a one out on the year deal? And if they sign Kaepernick, what do you think his true feelings would be? I know what he'd probably say in front of us. I know what McDaniel said yesterday, but I, my own opinion, he hasn't always been the most uh, secure guy, even though he should be. He's been the starting quarterback now for nine years. Um, we know what happened with the Brady rumors, Mariota coming in. Um, like I said, they have a one-off in terms of the contract. Uh, how do you think Derek Carr would would handle Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, I think publicly and privately, privately, probably two different, very different things. I think, as you're pointing out, there's been issues when they brought in other quarterbacks. And um, he said the right things and done the right things publicly and outwardly, but um, you know, we've heard it's been different. Uh, I don't think any any quarterback loves when you bring in another quarterback. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen, 
clearly was very, very frustrated when they drafted uh, Jordan Love. I mean, that, that's how quarterbacks tend to react when you bring in a new guy. I mean, we know the, you know, the Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis situation right now that's going on. Uh, so I, I don't think he would have loved it. Um, I'm sure he would have come out and, and said, hey, look, this is a, a guy I've always admired. We were both the starting quarterbacks in the Bay Area for a while. Uh, we know a lot about each other. I'm so excited to work with him. That's what he would say, and that's what he's supposed to say, Paul. Um, and I'm, I'm sure he would be very frustrated. And that, that's just as a quarterback. I mean, not to mention the underlying, uh, under-the-surface things that we've heard in the past about potentially, you know, how some of his teammates have felt about his reaction to uh, some of what Colin Kaepernick and, and other athletes did. So uh, I think there'd be a lot of really interesting dynamics to this if it were to happen, but I also don't believe it's going to happen. Uh, so, you know, I, I think the Raiders will be able to just move on from this. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't foresee necessarily Colin Kaepernick signing. I just don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it was a, Hey, we'll give him a tryout. We'll see how he looks. And if he blows everybody away, we'll sign him. And if he just looks pretty good, we can move on. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Uh, you wrote about in the paper today about Alex Leatherwood. Uh, when we were at practice yesterday at Patriots West out there, we were 9,000 feet away from anybody. I don't know how you saw this guy, uh, except for I think next week we bring, bring binoculars if we're allowed, probably not. Um, let's talk a little bit about Alex Leatherwood because you wrote today that for the most part, I think everyone's most interested in him when it comes to the offensive line and how uh, former uh, first round draft pick is going to perform given his just let's be awful, terrible season last year where he switched between tackle and guard uh, played mostly primarily tackle yesterday. What did you make of what Josh McDaniels said? I mean, I, Josh McDaniels said a lot yesterday. I don't know how much he really said, but um, is your true feeling that he'll get the first look at right guard or excuse me, right tackle. And, you know, usually uh, there is a big jump for offensive linemen between their first and second year. I mean, I don't know if he can go from awful to great, maybe going from awful to good is good enough. Um, but what did you make of uh, Alex Leatherwood and what they said about him yesterday? Yeah, I think, I think, and you're right. Uh, I think everybody's going to have to get used to Josh McDaniels who will talk at the, uh, he's not quite the human filibuster. Uh, but you know he might be getting close to that area, and and listen, I, I'm not. This is not a critique of him. I think he's doing what he's supposed to do as a coach. Like you're not, you don't have to reveal all of your strategy or all of your thoughts, um, as long as it sounds like you're being engaging. I think that's fine. I think he's mastered that pretty well. Uh, but yeah, he, I, I took from him with while he didn't explicitly say it, um, the same thing I thought going into the OTAs yesterday that. Alex Leatherwood is probably going to be given every opportunity he possibly can to win the right tackle spot. I think the team wants him to win it. I think Alex wants to win it. And I think that they're probably better for it if he wins it, uh, but they're not going to hand it to him. Like it was handed to him last year. They're going to make him earn it. And if he can go out and win this job, it's best for everyone involved. Um, but you know, they're not going to just make that happen by default. Like he's going to have to earn it. And, and that's what they want to see. And so far, it uh, looks like that's what he's going to be given a chance to do. Like, hey, you operate at right tackle, and if you win this job, then this is great for everybody. And so that that's what it feels like is going to happen here. Uh, they've got a lot of options on the interior of the offensive line, but if if you tell the Raiders that, hey, Alex Leatherwood, who they drafted in the first round last year, is going to develop into a right tackle, a serviceable right tackle in the NFL, and you've already got Colton Miller on the other side, 
uh, who you developed and, you know, obviously not the staff, but the, the, the organization developed and he's a very, very steady presence at left tackle. Now all of a sudden you've got a ton of bodies that have some mobility on the inside. And I think it's a much more stable offensive line. I think if you have those, those two positions locked out, I think there's a lot of options inside that will make this offensive line take a big step forward. Did you, uh, from 90,000 feet away, did you have any other thoughts about uh, about practice yesterday? I mean, it's not any into the physicality part yet. It's more about drills. Uh, we were able to see one of your favorite guys, uh, A.J. Cole, punting the ball. He seems to be okay. And Daniel Carlson kicking. That's about as close as we got to anything. Um, but in, any kind of observations that you thought or what Josh McDaniel said about the about OTAs? Devontae Adams is pretty good. Yeah, I thought he dropped one in the end zone, or was I looking at someone else? I couldn't really tell where he was because of we, how far away we were. You can you can tell by what I'm saying is I was not happy with our distance. Yeah, and and just I think you've referenced it, but we'll be more clear about it. That you know the spot that they have us viewing practice from uh, now with the you know I guess we'll just say the Patriots of the West, the Patriots of the Desert. It was referred to yesterday uh, regime, which I think to the surprise of nobody. Um, they don't care about, you know, what we see or what we do there. And, and I think that that's, again, that's, that's totally their prerogative. And, and that if that's what they want to do, um, I think that they learned that one from the Patriots of, Hey, it's required by the league that we allow you guys out here, but it's not required where, you know, where we practice. So we'll practice a million feet away from you. So you can't actually see what's going on. And, and again, that's, that's fine. That's, that's what they want to do. So um, we're not going to, you know, all that, does for you the listener and the fan of the Raiders is you're not going to get the same kind of reports from practice you're not going to get the same kind of um you know thoughts and observations on what's going on out there um and for for the vast vast majority of fans I think they don't necessarily care about that they just want to hear what's oh, happening that's, we, we could premise this entire thing with nobody cares about us nor should they of course and that, that's what I'm getting at I mean it, it's it's you know it's a thing for us and I think there are a small percentage of fans that are invested every day in things like, Hey, who's the best player today? Who are the best player today? Where are guys lining up? That sort of thing. Like there are, there are a percentage of fans. And I think, uh, in fact, if you're a fan enough uh, of the Raiders to be listening to this podcast every week, you probably care about those things. You want to hear some of those practice report things, but I think the vast majority of fans don't necessarily care uh, about hearing what's going on in practice every day. And you're not really going to hear it because we are, um, very far away. So again, I, uh, that's an us thing. Um, but there are a small percentage of fans that are going to be like, well, why don't you tell us what's happening at practice? Or why don't you say this about practice? Well, because we're really not going to know. I want to go into something else here because Larry mentioned it before the show and you and I have not talked about this. I have not kept up on this. I guarantee you've watched every minute of this. What is this Johnny Depp situation? <laughs> you, you just don't even know what it is. It's Johnny Depp and uh, Amber Heard. And did they something happen between them that uh, there was some kind of weirdness? Uh, now there's a trial. Uh, I, I'm hearing that Johnny Depp is being called a pirate in court and loves that. Sure. Um, I'm hearing that they're slamming her for her performance. And they were telling her that she got parts, I think, just because of her father uh, in Aquaman. It was she in some kind of movie called Aquaman. And uh, I, I, I'd love for you to update me. I know you've watched every minute of this weird thing, but I've, I've heard so much about this. And my wife mentions it. My kid mentions it. Uh, no clue what this really is. Are they, they don't like each other anymore. What's happening? Here? Well, didn't we? I feel like maybe a year or two ago, we did this on the podcast and you've just blocked we it. We did? I believe we did. I think you've just blocked it. Maybe we, 
talked about it when they first when they first got mad at each other. Sure. Um, and now it's just it's spiraling in this court case. Is, first of all, it's it's actually going fairly well for Johnny Depp, I think. Now, that's not to say he doesn't look like a horrible person. He does look like a horrible person. But I think when this started and, and the reason that Johnny Depp wanted the cameras in the courtroom, for those uh, that are not familiar and we're just kind of speaking gibberish to you right now, and most people, I think, are somewhat aware that they went through a divorce. Uh, she said some things about him uh, that well, they both said some, some pretty crazy things about each other. Uh, but he is basically saying, like, hey, you slandered me. Uh, you went out in the public and you gave an interview and you slandered me and that has damaged my career. So he's basically suing her and he wanted cameras in the courtroom, not because he wasn't going to look bad because he does look bad, but because he figured, hey, you're going to see that she's also a terrible person. And this was just an ugly, ugly divorce and an ugly breakup. And so, you know, I should be able to work again because I'm not the monster that I was painted out to be. But I mean, it's kind of just turned into we're learning everything about their marriage and about both of them and just how awful both of them were her seeming to be worse than him. Um, but yeah, there's some pretty tawdry details in this, <laughs> this case, Ed, that has led to a very, I mean, uh, don't keep me in suspense. What, what's, what's the ultimate outcome here? If he wins, what, what, what what's going on here? What, what, what if they decide in his favor, he can do what? No, she's going to have to pay him. But, but I also feel like, the whole, like I said, the whole point wasn't for the outcome. So, you know, we've talked about the John Gruden case, which we've said, hey, maybe John Gruden doesn't actually want money from this case. Maybe he just wants all this information to come out. And maybe that's right. what he's doing. Right. Here. And, and you maybe, think that's what Depp is doing? Yeah. Johnny Depp is do is trying to do a career rehab stint where he's like, hey, look, I shouldn't be, quote unquote, you know, I hate the word canceled, but I shouldn't be canceled. I should be able to work. Because all these things that she said are not necessarily true. And it was just it was just a bad relationship. It's not that I'm a bad person. So he, all these things are coming out. And I think his, his whole end game is to just be able to work again and have people see like, all right, I get it. He was just in a bad relationship. He should be able to have a job. And I think that's what he's trying to do here. But in the end, he's he's just providing everybody entertainment and a look inside just, you know, an awful, awful relationship where people do awful, awful things to each other. And it's not just it's not just the regular people, Ed. It's everyone lives like that. Everybody has awful relationships, even the rich and famous. I I, I totally disagree with that. I have a wonderful relationship. Twenty six sure. years and going strong. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 my relationship's fine. Two children. Why are you bragging? Not bragging. I'm just saying. You say everyone has awful relationships. You know what I mean? It's like it's that it's that you know people look up to the rich and the famous and the celebrities and they're like, oh, their life's perfect. Not necessarily. Have you seen, uh, keeping on depth, have you seen any of his movies? I had to have seen something, right? I mean, Did you I, see any of these Pirates of the Caribbean? No, that would be like, that's kind of superhero-ish, right? I've, we've, we've done this. I've never done a superhero movie or a science fiction movie. Okay, well, I'm with you on the science fiction. Uh, let me see Edward Scissorhands. You know what? I saw it because I wanted to get these Seinfeld references because there's a lot of uh, <laughs> Hands, so I did see that. All right. Uh, another one. What's eating Gilbert Grape? He was very good in that one. 1993. DiCaprio was terrific. I think it was DiCaprio was terrific as the disabled younger brother. Sure. I did see that. That was a, that was a while ago. But it, I mean, hasn't he? He's kind of devolved into a lot, a lot of playing the pirate, I feel like. Yeah, he's, he, you know, he's in Sweeney Todd. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, did you, you might have seen this blow. Oh, yeah. That's tremendous. Tremendous movie. So it appears if we're going on. 
he's clearly a great actor. And by the way, he's acting on stage. I mean, I'm not on the stage, excuse me, on the, uh, in the courtroom, he's acting too. And so is she, he's just a better actor than she. Yeah. Like I said, I saw one clip and the, and the opposing attorney said, you got your, you got your part in Aquaman because your father. And she said, Hey, I earned that part. I haven't seen Aquaman. Well, there, there was a, a moment, I believe it was yesterday uh, as we're listening to this, where uh, a friend of, I believe his was on stage or hers. I'm not even sure who this was. I, I'm confused by all the characters. On this. stage, you mean in court? In court, yeah, I keep saying stage. On the stand. And the the attorney was like, oh, isn't this, aren't you just getting your 15 minutes of fame by testifying today and, and being in this super famous trial? And he was like, aren't you doing that by representing her? <laughs> basically it's like everybody's, just, everybody's just accusing everybody of being an actor um it's it's great but th- like i think what we're gonna get there was there was one very very famous moment in the in the trial that of something that she allegedly did to him and that's that's led to nicknames for both of them and just um hilarity ensuing that i don't think we can really get into on this podcast what's your final call who wins uh, well, he's he's the winner no matter what. I mean, he's won from this. He was, you know, he was in a spot where he couldn't work and everybody just looked at him like a, a horrible monster. And now, you know, I think he's rehabbed that image uh, at least enough to be employable again. So I think he's the winner. OK. Oh, by the way, before we before we leave here, uh, you were in the courtroom with John Gruden talking about the sure. courtrooms. I wanted to get this as well real quick. What was he like in the end there when the, when he actually won the decision and now they're going to continue this on, and not go to arbitration yet? He actually said, go Raiders. I mean, do you think this kid is still loves the silver and black? It seems like it. He, he So he goes through his hearings. And for those that uh, that haven't read the stories, he he won. He won on both hearings, uh, both motions that were heard in this hearing on uh, Wednesday in a Las Vegas courtroom. It's just a very, very preliminary first couple of steps in this um, in this lawsuit against the NFL. Uh, he's accusing the NFL of intentionally leaking just his emails to make him get fired uh, from the Raiders. Um, and he, you know, the NFL first said, "Hey, look, you're, you signed a contract with the Raiders. That means you're subject to arbitration." And the league really, really wanted this case to go to arbitration. So everything was kind of done behind closed doors. Um, John Gruden wanted to be in a courtroom where the NFL would have to release so much information potentially yeah. in, in the process of discovery. Discovery so the NFL, in that thing would be a disaster with 600,000 emails. Yeah. And and not to mention potentially emails between the Raiders and the NFL of the NFL saying, hey, you got to fire this guy. Um, did they Did they actively try to do that? So a lot of and, and ancillary cases that we don't even know about that could potentially be a part of this and could come out. So um, John Gruden wanted this to be in court. The NFL wanted to be in arbitration. John Gruden won that. Uh, and then as soon as that was done, the league kind of threw a Hail Mary and was like, how about just dismiss the case? And the judge said, no, definitely not. So John Gruden went 2-0 against the NFL in his first two uh, motions on Wednesday. And then as, as he's leaving the courtroom, there was a couple of court reporters, people that write about courts. Uh, in the legal system. And then um, there was a couple of, you know, Raiders reporters, myself included, uh, that have written about the football side of things. And, you know, a group of like seven of us kind of followed him in the hallway and asked if he had any comment on what happened. And he said, we're just going to let the case play out. Uh, Go Raiders. That's what he said. That's what he said. (laughs) Now, as he got to the end of the hallway, um, he had already seen one of the Raiders reporters and just kind of uh, said, hey, shook his hand. How you doing? And he he hadn't noticed that I was there. And as he got in the hallway, he kind of stopped and waited for his lawyers to come down. And he saw that I was there. 
And he stopped and goes, oh, hey, buddy, what's up, man? How you doing? Good to see you. And I was like, hey, coach, you know, been a while, you know, good to see you. And uh, just kind of pleasantries. And then he he just hits me with the, hey, man, how's Devontae looking out there? <laughs> he was definitely still very plugged in uh, with the football side of things and cheering for the Raiders. Wanted to know how Devontae Adams looks. I was like, uh, coach, he's he's very good. He's one of the best receivers that's ever lived. Don't worry. Uh, so uh, clearly, John Gooden's mind always on football, uh, not on the uh, legal proceedings that he was a part of. Well, next week, we'll get into Judge Judy and some other courtroom situations. For now, though, that'll do for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, Estian Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire. Remember, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast app. Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today.